The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. I'm your host, Yue Shu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host, Julie Kraftchik. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything, from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. We are excited you've joined us for an older episode. While our earlier seasons were all about dating in San Francisco, we quickly realized all the themes and learnings are universal for all daters, so we shifted to covering dating from all around the world as the seasons progress. The fun part is, things happen first in San Francisco, the tech epicenter and counterculture capital of the world. We love for you to keep tuning in to our older episodes, but there is no set order to listen in, so feel free to jump to more recent seasons or relevant episodes for you. Enjoy the show. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast is hosted by me, I'm Yue, a former dating coach in New York turned active dater in San Francisco. On each episode, you'll hear commentary by my co-host, Michael Vargas, a fellow dating coach with a clinical psychology background, my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches, 
500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show that opens up a candid conversation about dating in San Francisco. And on each episode, we dissect a dating story, and I believe we have Ariel with us. Hi guys. Under the sea. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ariel, what's your dating story? Um, So I've been single in San Francisco dating for like six months or so, and I'd gone on a couple different dating apps, and I was into the idea and checking it out, but I had it in my head that I would just meet someone in real life. I was like, it's just, it's just the way it's gonna work. So one night, I get off work, I ride my scoot to Whole Foods, I'm going to the grocery store, and as I'm parking my scoot, this guy drives up in a Land Rover and he's like, hey, and he like motions for me to come over. And I was like, no way, like looking around, like really, is this how it happens? So I like scoot over to him and he's like, chats with me for a minute, asks me for my phone number, I give it to him, I park my scoot and I walk into the grocery store like, that was crazy, I can't believe that just happened. Like, I wonder if I'll ever hear from him again. So I call my friend and I tell her what happened. And as I'm telling her the story, I see this other really cute guy in like the the toothpaste aisle. And I was like, what is going on with Whole Foods tonight? (laughs) See, I gotta get off my phone more often. So I put my phone away and the guy walks right up to me and he comments on my shoes. He recognizes that they're from China. Um, where I just where I just been living, what? and instantly I was like, wow. "Wait, this guy's interesting." And he was like, "I heard you just talking about getting hit on the parking lot. That means you're single." <laughs> I was like, oh. like super straightforward. Oh, wow. Just instantly starts. Wait, wait, wait. How, did, how did he hear about that? He overheard my conversation as I walked into the grocery store. So, which Whole Foods? <laughs> Where is it? Pacific Heights. Hit it up like <laughs> Wednesday evening. Okay, I'll, I'll bring my China shoes. So anyway, this guy was super cool. We ended up um, grocery shopping together, which was kind of funny. It became this like unofficial first date. We were like shopping together, buying things, filling a cart together. Have you heard UA's theory about grocery shopping as a date? It's like the best way to get to know someone. Really? Okay, well, it clearly worked. And like the last aisle was the wine. We like reached for the same wine. He's like, you get this one, I'll get it too. And then um, I'll like message you later and ask you how you liked it or something like that. And that's how I got my phone number. He's smooth. Good job on you. Two numbers in an hour. Well done. What were you wearing that day? Probably like... Sne- oh, Chinese sneakers. <laughs> yeah. Were they famous? Yeah, they were. That's they were. Amazing. Yeah. So we go on a couple more dates. Things are going well. Then all along, I hadn't introduced him to my friends yet, really. It had just been a couple dates. My best friend kept, kept asking, like, when am I going to meet this guy? When am I going to meet this guy? I started telling him a bit more about him, like who he was and what he was like and stuff. And finally, one night, I'm out at a concert with this friend. And he says to me, like, hold on, I've got this really crazy story for you, but like, let's just enjoy the concert, let's have a good night, I'll tell you about it later. I'm like, okay, wait, that's a lot of like intro, but sure. So we have a great show, and at the end of the night, I'm about to scoot home. And he sits me down on the sidewalk, and he says, all these things you've been telling me about this guy, like, I think I have a really crazy story to tell you. And your best friend is a, is a guy. Yes. Okay. So, the, my friend, Dan, 
he takes out his phone, he opens Tinder, and shows me that he has matched on Tinder with this guy, Robin, that I've oh. been going on these dates <laughs> with. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Yes, I did not see that one coming. I feel like, I guess it's inevitable because the dating pool is small enough and you start to overlap or something. <laughs> you overlap? I mean, I've overlapped with my girlfriends. I've never over, or overlapped with my gay guy friends. Well, here's the funny thing is that Dan and I look alike, kind of. What? People often say we look like siblings. So you're <laughs> his type. <laughs> He knows what he wants. He has a particular type. It's just like, if you like a shirt, you buy in every color. Exactly. So it definitely took me aback for a moment. I was like, okay, hold on. I'm like, let me recalibrate here. I actually ended up going and talking to the guy about it pretty honestly right up front. And he, he didn't even, he was just like, are you still on dating apps? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, so am I, you know, like things are kind of like, we had just been on a couple dates and he yeah. was like, this, it was just kind of out and open. And um, I never was able to really like fault him for it. There's nothing wrong with it per se, but it definitely threw me through a loop. I mean, in San Francisco, there are a lot of people that are just open with sexuality. A lot of people are bisexual. There's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with it. But I totally agree that it just it's not the standard thing that you think is going to happen. Yeah. You just wouldn't go there automatically. So mm. I can see how to you. It's just like it was a shock. But to <laughs> like, think it wasn't. So when he matched with your friend, had they been messaging back and forth at all? So actually, that's what Dan had showed me was the whole conversation oh. between them. It had been started by, by Dan. Did this start before your Whole Foods trip or after? That's a good question. Um, I think it was kind of like parallel, actually. Early stages of dating. We were only like a week, at, week or two in by then. I mean, I would have been a little bit bothered even if my friend, a girlfriend, mm -hmm. had broken the news to me. Right, right. You know, but then I wouldn't necessarily confront the guy about it mm -hmm. if it was a girlfriend that had matched with him. As a, as a straight woman, when you start dating a guy, you feel like, okay, like, is he still interested in other women? But then all of a sudden it had to be like other women and other men. Like, that's a lot of competition. Like, geez. Yeah, that is a lot of competition. I mean, he must be yeah. a Whole Foods all the time because he's just picking everybody up. So how did this pan out? Um, you know, we actually went on a couple more dates. I oh. talked it through with my sister and she was like, get over it. This is San Francisco, I've been living abroad and I'm like just back new in the dating scene again, kind of like maybe things have changed a little bit. Maybe you just need to kind of get up to speed. And I was like, okay, I can do this. I can get up to speed. Well, you got up to speed quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The end of the story is no, it did not go anywhere and we're not together. Um, but it's hard to say, it's hard to know if it like, what exactly the factors were. I think part of it, maybe my ego a little yeah. bit, especially as like, it's my best friend. That's funny. And he like, he's a good sport, but he would kind of like, he couldn't help it. He'd be like, so like, how's that going? You know, like, <laughs> oh, it just, yeah, it hurts your ego a bit. At this point, are you, are you still wanting to date around or you're looking for something more real, something long lasting? Well, I guess the happy, the happy ending to the story is I'm dating someone else also who I met in real life, interestingly. Was it at Safeway this time? <laughs> yes. Did you sleep with him? I did. You slept with him after the fact? Oh, um, yeah, maybe like once or twice. 
So what was it that that ended it then? Because it sounded like you were still working on it. What was what was it that really ended it? You think? You know, this is funny to even talk about it. I think it was one of the one of the most kind of odd endings that I've had in the six months of dating different people. Like, um, it just kind of ended. And I think part of it may have been my energy. I probably shifted a bit and like wasn't. I probably didn't give the same that I had been giving before just because I was a little unsure about it and I'm sure he picked up on that. Um, but in the end, he pulled back and I did too and it just kind of fizzled out. It wasn't like an official ending. I guess, Michael, what would you do if this happened to you? If the girl you started dating matched with your best girlfriend? On Tinder. I think that's a totally different ballgame. I don't know. I don't know. Is it though? Is it though? I like to know. I guess. I think it depends on more, more of what am, a what am I looking for? Am I looking for like a real relationship, or am I looking for someone who's just dating? If it's someone who's dating, then that steers it with a little bit more towards that's fine. Um, and then also it depends on the relationship of my friend and I, and I want to check in with her and see how she feels about it. Like the last person I'm going to care about in this situation is the third part is the is the person that we're both dating. I'm going to care about what I want and also what my best friend is looking for and making sure that her and I are okay with everything that's going on. Um, if it was, I don't know, maybe there might be an opportunity in this. Who knows? <laughs> so basically, Michael, no different than if it was like a male friend getting married with a girl. Right. Uh, yes, just less uh, opportunity in my mind, but yes. <laughs> Interestingly, actually, um, in the conversation that I read between the two guys, um, there had been conversation about like it, it wasn't just straight like it wasn't clear that it was just going to be two men the guy that I'd been on the dates with um, Robin he said like maybe like this is kind of new this is kind of interesting to me like maybe I'd be interested in like male and female like he oh. was kind of curious on both sides oh, too so which I think that's where it kind of um, made it a little bit easier for me to kind of chew on there because I was like, okay, so this is like a curiosity thing. And it's just like, it's so easy these days. It's just the same way yeah. that you can get a date from your bed. You can also just, you know, experiment with your sexuality in any different category. I mean, I guess to your point, this day and age is the easiest time to test if you're wanting, if you have any inkling yeah. of it, this is the easiest yeah. time to figure sure. it out. He may never have been in an opportunity to feel comfortable to test it out. That's yeah. true. But you know, this is something I guess uh, it's, I've learned something that this is something I could you know, keep an open mind about because in case this does happen to me when it comes to dating, how I would react to something like this. Yeah. My first inclination is to say, I'd be pissed. Mm -hmm. I'd be pissed. But I don't think pissed is the right word. At least for I me. would be. For you, I for me, be. I think I would just be shocked and I think I would pull back the same way you did. Mm -hmm. If Wait, not- you, what, what is it that you would be pissed about? I, I feel like I would be pissed that I was misled. Obviously, this is coming from a place of ignorance because I've never been- Misled in what way? In the, in the way that I thought that this person I was seeing was straight. But were like, you completely misled? Straight. You, he never said that. That was just your assumption. It, right, exactly. That's why I'm saying this is coming from a place of ignorance. But I know that my ignorance would bring me to a place of pissed offness. <laughs> so you'd be pissed off of the fact that you felt like you didn't know their full intentions um, outside of just you and him. Right, because I mean, on something like Tinder, you don't know when someone's looking for both. If you're on OkCupid, okay, people say, oh, I'm looking, I'm 
bi-curious, I'm bisexual. But on Tinder, you just assume if you match, you're both straight. I think you make that assumption a lot. Like if you are a straight person, you make the assumption that people you're that are interested in you are straight and that might not yeah. be the right assumption is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like how much do you really know about someone within a week? So I think one big part about this is communication. And I think that if if we start communicating a little bit better, it's it would make it more organic to find out things of this type of nature. So say, hey, you know, what kind of relationship is this? Are we dating or are we looking for something more serious? And then if we're just dating, then that means you're both open to other people and that's not a big deal. But if you start saying, well, I kind of want a relationship and the other person says, well, I kind of want to date other people, then you know it's going in more that direction. It's hard, but communicating about what it is that we want, what we're looking for, makes it a lot easier to discover these things. I think Ariel brought up a good point too. It's like, if you go on like you were dating for a week or two, three or four dates, it seems like a lot, but it really isn't. If you are meeting them for like a couple hours, like how well do you really know someone? A big thing that I learned from it is like, everyone has their history, everyone has their past. Who have they dated? Who will they date? Who do they want to date? Like that, these are all things you don't know and these are all things about people's character that you have to learn. And at the end of the day, I think everyone is probably just looking for romance or love or something and like you can be as discriminating as you want or as open-minded as you want and like that's kind of a boundary that everyone has to decide from themselves and that was like my big learning like this guy's just looking for he's just attracted to people yep. yeah and he is not just people that look like you and your friend. <laughs> a certain type so we know his type and um i think it was a bit of as i said like a blow to my ego mm -hmm. but at the root of that that was just like saying that i'm not the only one that that's you know that maybe we weren't a match anyway kind right, of thing right. yeah, yeah there's I, a shock value for sure there definitely is a shock value and also it's like it's a by curiosity that worries me if he were just full bisexual and he had history with men okay, then I'd be like, all right, he's like fully invested in this. But it's a curiosity and that sometimes that curiosity turns into novelty of a situation that could trump whatever he has with you, right? Because he's been with women. There's nothing new with you. No, we're or like, just unknown. We're the unknown, yeah. You guys should have triple dated. We joked Try about on. it. We're just like, <laughs> that would have been so good. Him in the middle holding both of your hands. Oh my Amazing. God. So I learned a few things. Let's go on to takeaways. I learned that just keep an open mind. You never know what you're going to get until you get that situation and how you react to it. You can't predict. So just keep an open mind. And also don't feel like you know the whole story from day one yeah. and recognize that there's still a ton you don't know about someone in early stages of dating. Yeah. One of my takeaways is thank God for friends who are, who got your back and tell you what's going on. Cause that was really great of your friend to be able to tell you, Hey, listen, look what's going on here. Sure. What yeah. happened to the Range Rover guy? Yeah. I never heard from him. He was a catalyst to this guy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's go on to our question of the day. This is a quick one. It comes from Kevin who says, at what point after dating someone do you get off dating apps and how do you have that conversation with your partner? I feel like once you're exclusive, you should be off the dating yeah. apps. But as part of that exclusivity, define the relationship conversation, the getting off dating apps is part of that conversation. I guess the question on to that as well is, when do you do make it Facebook official? 
not Facebook <laughs> official. I think being on dating apps definitely makes it feel like the other person's still playing the field. Definitely. Where Facebook's a whole different game. We've talked about that. Sometimes it's implied, but you could just say it in like a joking way, being like, I deleted my Tinder or something yeah. that's casual or... In my experience, I think it just kind of goes hand in hand with real life. Like when you stop being interested in other people out yeah. in the real world, you, sh you kind of naturally stop being interested pe in people on your phone. I guess there's the added ease of it being on your phone that like it doesn't feel like, well, I wasn't actually going to do anything right. about it or whatever. So some people probably hang on to it longer um, then they would still like be out hitting on other people in a bar, like trying or wherever and trying to at a grocery store, <laughs> um, trying to take, like take it to the next level. But I think that it kind of happens pretty naturally. Yeah. I think a big thing too is, are they using it? Is it just on their phone or are they actually like messaging people using it? Because like Hinge, for example, I've tried to get off that thing. They will not let you off of it. They want users. And you literally can never get rid of your profile. But you, you can have to log do it out. Like three you can Facebook. log out, but like you're still showing up. But if you're if you haven't been in the thing and like not matching with anything, then you're not really using it. This kind of reminds me of something. Um, you guys are talking about that's very um, similar to. I've had a lot of guys who talked about when do I let go of my um, sec tapes of my previous girlfriend. Whoa, that's a totally different subject. <laughs> What? Yeah, the way, but the way you guys are talking about it is the way I've heard a lot of guys talk about kind of letting go. It's like, well, when I'm serious with someone, then do I let them go? And it's just, it's a, it's a very interesting conversation. Okay. I think it's one of those things that's just like so unique from relationship to relationship. I don't that's mean true. to be generic, but there's some couples that are like, well, if it's like, we'll keep it light for a while. So if you have that, it doesn't bother me. Some people might be like, I have zero tolerance for this. If you yeah. want to be yeah. with me, you got to get rid of that. And other people like would just completely even just forget about it and not even remember that someone has yeah. it or something. I think it also like we've talked about on the show too, like how people use them. Like there's people that use Tinder as like, a game and they have no right. intention yeah. to ever playing tinder i don't know if necessarily just having it there is indicative of what it means i think it's you i think people should, should just be sensitive to their partner's needs i'll give you an example i was dating someone we were exclusive we were living together but he never deleted his app which was very similar to tinder except it's not tinder it was in china so different app my co-workers saw him on the app and they were embarrassed to ask yeah. me about it. And they were like, well, we thought you guys were living together, but you should know that he's still on this app. Mm -hmm. He wasn't actively using it, but still having your face yep. show up does give other people a different impression as well. Totally. And I know a lot of relationships that have ended because of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So but... just be sensitive to your partner. Okay, I think we learned a lot in this episode. I certainly did. You guys remember, you can submit your own stories. Um, they can be funny, sad, fantastic, amazing, and also just really weird. We can always keep you anonymous and the names of the parties involved in your story. Thank you so much, Ariel, for coming to hang out with us and tell us your story. Thank and you, Ariel. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Last but not least, stay dateable. Your action item for this week is to think about the idea of stonewalling, which is when someone withdraws from an interaction by getting quiet or shutting down. Ariel stonewalled in her situation and believes that's what ultimately caused their relationship to end. 
Think back to all the times you've stonewalled someone you were dating, and why did you do it? Next, think about if these situations were to happen again, how can you circumvent stonewalling by using effective communication? The most efficient way to meet new people is a combination of online and offline. 500 Brunches has your offline covered. Connect over brunch with new friends. Come alone or bring a buddy. There is always a table full of friendly faces, mimosas, and eggs benedict. Sign up at 500brunches.com and use the code DATEABLE for a free entry. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Datable Podcast. Mm-hmm.